Welcome to Hashtag Creative Inspo Seconds to Courage. My name is Daisy, and I'm the founder of Alchemist Portraits and Productions, a creative agency specializing in editorial portraiture and mobile short films. I'm also your podcast host. I'm here to help share real life stories of when people took inspired action to get them to do that thing career pivots, trying something terrifying, discovering new layers of themselves. They took that seconds of courage towards a more fulfilling life. This podcast is here to inspire you to recognize the possibilities are endless and within your reach too. Hello, hello, everybody. Happy Monday. I am grateful that you're tuning in again, hopefully, to another show. This week, I'm starting off with a question. Have you ever been in this position? You detest your job, but you don't quite have the answers yet. How to be secure without current benefits. How to say goodbye to a decent paycheck. How to quit. I know it's hard, but to deny what your soul is telling you that you're not happy is actually the harder pill to swallow. My guest this week brings ye a light to your tunnel. Her name is Susie Miles. Susie is a TV producer turned podcaster, podcaster, producer, and author. Her story tells a tale of what one can accomplish when you follow what's in your heart. Courage to write a book, even if the idea first sparked maybe 20 years ago. And courage to leave a prestigious job that checked off all the boxes. Friends, I know. Are you ready for it? Here's her story. I knew about two years ago it was time to leave my profession. I probably knew a little earlier than that even, but I didn't want to walk away from such a great salary and great benefits. But I was starting to feel trapped. I felt just so afraid to leave the security, and that's why I think I was in my my field for so long. But after listening to Kathy Heller's podcast, Don't Keep Your Day Job, for about a year or so, it really motivate, motivated me to look within and look deep into myself to figure out why was I so unhappy? What was my problem? Why couldn't I just stay in this prestigious job that I had, making good money? What is wrong with me? But it just wasn't my passion any longer. What did become my passion was podcasting. And I had always wanted to, to step into it, but I didn't know how. So. I started to take this podcast class a couple of months ago, and through the class, I realized that this is where my passion is, at least for the time being. And what it did was it gave me the motivation to quit finally. Even though I was working from home, I didn't have to commute, it was still killing my soul. Every time I was in a Zoom meeting, I thought I was gonna, I mean, I'm being dramatic here, but I wanted to kill myself. I mean, I didn't want to kill myself, but I just knew how many more days do I have to, be in six Zoom meetings a day. It was just draining me without any fulfilling result on the other side. 
I was just getting nothing out of it other than a paycheck. So I put in my notice about a month and a half ago, and this is my last week coming up. I'm very excited. Yes, I'm a little nervous about not having a nice salary, but I've been planning for this for a little while now and I've been putting money away. So I feel like I have a little bit of security. I've already purchased a new family health insurance. So that's, that's covered. And I'm feeling now, oh, I should have done this sooner and I haven't even left yet, but I know this is the right decision for me. I know that I can live a day or each day that is more free, more uh, focused on what I want to do. I can have my days back. I'll, and then at the same time, I'll have my life back and I just can't wait. And I'm proud of myself that I, I made this jump. Um, and I'm excited to see what's gonna happen. So I would tell anyone, anytime you're afraid of, of something, you know, start planning out what do you need to do what you're so afraid of doing. And eventually you can get there. And I feel like I'm, I'm going to be there in a week and I just, I simply can't wait. The good thing is, is I know it's not a mistake. Even if it takes me a long time to produce my own podcast and also serve as a podcast producer for others, I know I'll get there. I, I'm not too worried about it right now. I just am so excited about what's to come. Thank you, Susie, for your thoughts, your words, and your courage. I'm so excited for you. You broke free. And in sharing your story, you're helping other people realize that they can say, choice starts and ends with me. And that they should say, I choose me every single time. Here's our conversation. So excited that you're here with me today. And I'm really excited for this conversation because I think it's important for you know, the audience to become familiar with all the stages of um, pursuing what one feels called to do. You know, it isn't instant. As you said, it took you two years to perhaps take the leap. So yeah, if you could tell me how and when you knew it was time to make that decision. Sure. Hi, Daisy. It's uh, great to be here. I appreciate you having me. So thank you very much. I actually knew it was time to make a change about four years ago. It was really at the two-year mark, about two years ago, that I, I really technically started planning for it. But about four years ago, as I was in my 100th commute into work, sitting in traffic, an hour and a half to two hours, sometimes each way, I, I just started thinking and feeling there has to be a better way to live. This can't be the only way to earn money. Um, at the time, I was uh, filled with a lot of fear. I stuck out. I stuck myself or kept myself in jobs that I really didn't enjoy because I needed the benefits or I thought I needed the benefits. And I was afraid to live without an income coming in. Mm -hmm. So I think I stayed longer than I should have in many jobs. But this was more of a churning that was going on on a daily basis. And so a couple of years ago, a little bit before the pandemic hit, I thought, you know, I think it's time. I think it's time for me to put in my notice and time to make a change. Well, the pandemic hit. 
So I was able to really last a couple of years without having to travel into the office. I had more time like everybody else. But even though I had that time, it still wasn't the same as having my own time. I still had the Zoom meetings. I still had things I had to do that weren't of my choice. So I started planning my exit. I started putting a little bit away each month. I wanted to be, I knew I wanted to be down, so to speak, for at least a year in terms of not having to to earn an income. So I started putting money away. And I also started putting money away that I would have paid toward parking, which was quite a bit. And also started putting money away from gas that I did not have to spend. So it was at that point that I I slowly, it was slow, um, but I did it. I, I finally did it. I put in my notice and I'm no longer working and I'm I'm very happy I did it. I'm thrilled that I now have control over my own destiny. I can step into things that I'm interested in and no one is telling me what Zoom meeting I have to be in. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So in terms of like insecurities, because I'm sure that you had to work through some to get the courage and whatnot, how are you able to work through them? Well, there was one small little project I uh, worked on outside of my working hours. I never thought I could do it. I did a little bit of work on that project each day. It's a project I thought I never would be able to accomplish, and I accomplished it. It took about eight months, but I eventually accomplished it. And I thought to myself, if I can do this, something that I never thought was possible, then I must be able to do other things. I I was employable. I had a college degree. There was no reason why I had to stay in a job that was no longer fulfilling or spending hours a day in a commute that was just grinding. I I guess, you know, as I started to save a little bit each day, I saw, you know, the savings grow and grow and my confidence was building a little bit more. But for me, it wasn't in a, you know, it wasn't a a sudden decision. It, It took such a long time. But I think as I was seeing my efforts uh, become productive, I thought to myself, there's no way I can't do this. I, I need to do this. I cannot stay in this situation. I was, you know, we all get older and we see things happen to certain people. And I just knew now was the time. If it wasn't going to happen now, when I had the energy to make the change, then it was never going to going to happen. And I didn't want to be one of those people, one of those individuals that regretted not doing certain things. There's only so much time left. Mm -hmm. And for me, I had to make the jump. There was just no choice. Yeah. And can you tell me was what you did on the side? Was it completely different then from your regular day job? It was. It was. um, I had written a children's book. It was something that was in my heart for about 20 years. I had always fantasized about doing that, but I thought, how could I do that? There's no way who would be interested, blah, blah, blah. All those things you tell yourself and uh, you tell yourself to stop yourself from moving forward. So I accomplished that goal and it just, it gave me a little bit of a nudge and it gave me a nudge to just make more of a difference in my life. If I could accomplish something that was in my heart for 20 years, there was no reason why I couldn't accomplish other things. I think I let fear dictate a lot of my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm now, I think, entering into an age where even if fear is in front of me, I got to knock it down. I just have yes. no choice. I have no choice but to knock it down. And I think fear is always going to be with us. To say that I have no fear, that's not realistic. I mm-hmm. have fear. Um, 
but I keep it more beside me and instead of in front of me, the way I had led a lot of my life. So I guess I was getting impatient with myself and I just came to a point I'm like, I got to do it. Yeah. I just got to do it. And if I fail, well, I'll learn from that failure and I'll keep moving on. Mm-hmm. You did speak about looking within. So I think, um, you know, facing your fears has something to do with that as well. What was the experience like for you to look within, so to speak? It, it took a long time. I think when you have young kids and a full-time job and, you know, just doing so much on a daily basis, you don't really have time to sit or feel anything sometimes because you're putting all that energy in doing, doing, doing. And I think with the pandemic, as, ha- as has happened with a lot of people, they've had time to sit and think. And I've, you know, my kids are now in college, so I've had even more time to just think about how I want the rest of my life to look. And I hate to, I don't want to say I'm glad the pandemic happened. I certainly don't at all, but I'm glad I had a little bit of time to just sit and reflect and make changes, make the changes I needed to make. But it was hard. I tell you, I mean, I think I I ignored a lot of my feelings. I worked at a prestigious network and I thought, what's wrong with me? Why do I want to leave this prestigious job and all this money? I'm crazy. What am I doing? And, you know, I had those thoughts over and over again. And it was it was kind of painful to make the decision. I don't have any money. I mean, I'm not going to have any money coming in. I don't have the fancy benefits. Mm-hmm. But I'm working through that. I mean, of course, I'm I'm fearful I'm going to die broken alone, but oh, that's, no. that's not going to happen. <laughs> no. I'm a driven person, and I know yeah. I will not let that happen to myself. So um, those, those fears of, of being broke and not, you know, not having a house and all of that, they're just not realistic for me, at least. I had to have, I had to have more confidence in myself. And now I do. I, I just have more confidence. I think because I, I woke up a little bit. I, I woke up to the possibilities mm-hmm. where I didn't see them before because I was stuck in the little prison of you have to work your nine to five job. You have to get your paycheck. It's just ridiculous thinking in a way. And it was for me. I started, like I said, get impatient with myself. Mm-hmm. And um, someone told me a long time ago, well, a couple of years ago, that no one's coming. And I knew exactly what she meant. And I think a part of me thought someone was going to come, that someone was going to help lead me to where I had to go to get out of the little prison I was in, mm-hmm. uh, the self-imposed prison, of course. And I just realized, you know, that, that one statement just got me. And I kind of woke up after I heard that because she was right. No one was coming to help lead me to a better place. I knew I had to do it. And I feel like I have, I mean, who knows what the future is going to hold, but I'm, I'm open to it. Mm -hmm. I'm open to whatever happens. And I'm just curious because you do describe the previous career as, you know, self-imposed prison and all these other feelings that, you know, came about ultimately in a way that pushed you to pursue other things. But um, you know, if it was a long-standing career, can you just describe and touch on like what what did it give you? Because I just want to make it a point that you know we are not starting from scratch. You're not starting from scratch, even exactly. though it's a new a new chapter, new era. Exactly. You have all these things that you're taking with you. So yeah, could you just touch on what what are the things that you're going to take with you to your next phase? 
Well, that's exactly right. That's something that I didn't think about when I was in that fearful mode of, oh, no, I'm starting at the very bottom and I've got to climb my way up. Um, that You're right. That's not the case. I have transferable skills. I have, um, I have producing skills that I can bring with me. I have time and project management skills. I have budgeting skills. All of those things are required really for any job or any side project that I, I will step into. I'm uh, very interested in moving into the podcasting arena. I um, have been taking a class. So I'm very interested in, in seeing this through. And so I have a lot of creative ideas I'd like to, um, to put forward. So I know that those skills in my previous career will really lead to, um, will help to create a position that will suit and satisfy me and give me the creative juice that I'm looking for. Yes. <laughs> love that. <laughs> and then I want you to also, I would love for you to walk us through the day you gave your notice. How did yeah. it feel? Oh, that was, you know, I did it virtually. Um, and I, I gave the no my notice about seven weeks in advance because I wanted to be thorough about it. I wanted to give them enough notice to find someone, enough notice that I could train someone. But I was anxious and I kept, you know, as the weeks were leading up, I had it in my calendar. I was like, oh, I was just saying to myself, what am I doing? Am I am I making a mistake? Maybe I should wait a little bit longer. But you see, I had, I had done that for a while. I mean, this was like sort of four years in the making mentally and then two years actually putting money away. Yeah. Um, and I I knew it had to be now. So I, I scheduled a one-on-one -on -one with my supervisor and um, just told her and I gave her the reasons why. And while I loved the group I was with, I loved the company I had worked for. It's just something in my soul was screaming and I was kind of screaming to get out. And she understood. She understood exactly where I was coming from. Uh, she was very sad. And she said, you know, we really need you and you help keep the department together. But she understood. So it was really a nice way to give my notice. And there was there was no arguing. It was just a really nice way to um, to end things. Mm -hmm. And you're saying you felt free. I did. I felt like, whoo, I mean, something that you're thinking about doing for so long and then you do it. I feel like, okay, I can breathe. I see, I can, I can run to the grocery store and not have that pit in my stomach when I get a Slack message when, when I get an email or if I have to run back for a Zoom meeting. I won't have to do that anymore. It's even though I was working from home, I still, I had to be a lot of places and at least virtually. And it just, I wanted more freedom. And I think as you get older, you you kind of try to figure out how you want to spend your days. And I feel like I got my days back. I feel like I'm living just a little more. I am I'm feeling my day more. Whereas before I was just getting through the day. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to celebrate that and you know honor that moment because Thank it's so you. special and so exciting. And yeah, you you sometimes put so much pressure on yourself or one would put so much pressure on themselves to stay the course. And like all these people are dependent on me. Right. But it, at the end of the day, you're actually expendable. They can replace you. Oh, they can. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Just like that. And then also, you know, if you were to change your mind, there's always options, probably you to go yes. back and, and do something. Um, 
which probably won't do at this, <laughs> this stage in the game. But, you know, there's always options is what I'm trying to emphasize. Oh, there are always options. There's always freelance um, yeah. opportunities. And um, I think that's how I'm going to conduct the rest of my life, really, is on a freelance basis. And I hope to produce a podcast one day. And there are a lot of things I want to do. I want to write a second children's book. I want to have more time to to go places, whereas before I would have limited vacation. So I had to really, you know, just... Uh, hold tight all of my vacation days and, and use them wisely. Now I feel I, I, if I want to go see my son in New York, I can do that or go see my daughter at her, um, her college. I can do that without just feeling paranoid that someone's going to need me while I'm, I'm gone. And, and again, I'm expendable. It wasn't as if I'm that significant, but sometimes when someone has a question, the way I work is I want to get back to them quickly. And I just, I would always feel anxious when I was on vacation and I, you know, it's a trade-off, right? It's a trade-off. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit more free, but I don't have the consistent income, but I'll work through that. I'll work through that and I will, I'll, I'll find my way. Yeah. I did read like 20 or so years ago, just see what you love and the money will follow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let's hope that happens, <laughs> but I think it will. I'm feeling good. I've had a few individuals reach out to me. And so that has given me a good feeling to know, you know, I think I'm going to be okay. And uh, I'm the controller of my destiny. And I know that sounds trite and kind of, I don't know, a little sappy, but it, it really is. And I, I know myself and, and I think that uh, I'll get to a place where I'm going to be fine. And I'm fine now. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. No income is coming in right now, but I'm still fine. Mm-hmm. And I know I will be wherever, wherever I decide to go. Yeah. So that level of unknown, how, if you can share tips with the audience, how does one feel confident with that level of unknown? Well, for me, I always, and I don't know how many people feel this way, although probably a lot in in your audience, I was always paranoid about not having enough money. And so, like I said earlier, it it kept me in jobs where I was not happy. But I think that you can find money that you're spending frivolously and put it away. And if you do that on a weekly, biweekly, or even monthly basis and be really consistent you'll have a little bit of that cushion. And before you leave your job, if you start making connections, depending upon where you want to go, if either it's a different company or a different path, start planting the seed early on. So it's not as if you'll be sort of bereft the moment you leave your job. You'll have something either kind of waiting or at least something you'll be involved in. I think that's really helpful. So kind of planting the seed while you're working. So there is either something to go to, or if you want a month or two off, you you can save for it. And with um, the exchanges and health insurance these days, you can get policies that are reasonable uh, relatively. And so I think there are ways. And again, like you said, if it doesn't work out, you can always go back into the, the field you were in. Hopefully you won't have to, but there's always a way to earn money. I mean, there really is. 
So I don't think you have to feel crippled in a job and feel like you're in prison if you just get creative with how you map it out. But you have to be intentional. You have to write it down. You have to figure out how much money you need to live, mm-hmm. how much money, you know, how, how much is your mortgage if you have a mortgage and all the expenses so you can have that mapped out for at least six months. I mean, I'm, I did it for a year, but I, I think that it, it, it takes consistency and putting money away. For me, that's what I needed. For other people, it, you know, everyone's financial situation is different. Some people might not even need to worry about money. Some people will. And so I think that if you're having that inkling and that feeling inside, start saving as soon as possible because it could take you a year maybe even two to get out of the situation you're in. But I think if you know that that's your goal, that's your plan, it can kind of give you energy in the job that you're in, knowing that this isn't forever. And really nothing is forever. Mm -hmm. Nothing is forever. So I think just solidly planning out what you're going to do and really do it. You don't need a $7 latte at Starbucks. You don't, there's a lot of things you don't need if you start figuring out where the money is going. You don't need another tchotchke for your house. I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, I have heard that people recommend to put six months of pay away. Would you recommend that to be true or would you say more? Well, I think from my perspective, I would say if you can do a little more, do that because things come up, things come up with your car or with, with health or you, it, the future is unpredictable. You don't know what's in front of you. So six months to me is a basic, I mean, that's the the basic amount you should have saved. Some people say three months, some people quit and they have, they don't have any savings. They just know they have to quit. I wouldn't, recommend doing that. I think it really needs to be thought out. So when you are leaving, you can do it elegantly. And then when you are looking for other work, you won't have this sort of impatience, impatient desperateness about you. You don't want to have desperation all over you when you're trying to find some some other work. You kind of want to go into it with a little ease. And I think saving will help create that ease Mm -hmm. from my perspective. Those are great perspectives. <laughs> In terms of support systems, support system to give you the confidence to make a change. Did you have something in place for that? In terms of emotional support systems? Yeah, emotional or um, books you may have read or podcasts you may have listened to or yeah, people in your life. Sure. Would you say that's important to have? Absolutely. I think I have... Um, a few friends who were in my industry at the time. And we often would have talks about where we'd like to be in two years or three years. And they really gave me the motivation to, because they they gave me confidence. They knew my career path. They knew they had worked with me for about 20 years. And they would say, you know, you have a lot more going for you than you think. And I'm like, really? I don't think I do. Yeah. So they gave me the confidence to put a mirror up to myself. I didn't have the confidence, but they showed me with specific examples, you had done this, you moved up here, you had done this. And so they gave me concrete examples of, yes, maybe I do have some good solid experience and I can make that jump. My husband was very supportive in the beginning. You know, he said, are you sure you want to do this? I mean, this, you, you hold our benefits, you, you know, bring in good money. Are you sure? And I said, yes, I have to, it's just killing me in terms of 
again, my soul was screaming. I mean, every time I would go into the office and sit in a cube, I just, I wanted to shout and scream and run out. And I knew once I got to that point, it's time to go. But again, I did it methodically. I felt like I was responsible in how I I made the exit. Mm -hmm. But I think you have to have support systems. How can you do something that drastic and not have a support system. So whether it be friends, whether it be a bank account, which can be your support system, that was also my support system, putting money away. And my husband was very supportive as well. So I was fortunate to have people that could say, yes, you can do it. Don't worry, you will be fine. Mm -hmm. And that's so interesting because, yeah, I did a program once and they were working through, we had to work through credibility markers. And yeah, just like you, I'm like, I, I don't have any because you think automatically like awards or, <laughs> you know, right. something really crazy and out there. But yeah, just something as um, it could be something as simple as like, how did you help X maybe in your um, work environment get from point A to point B? You know, you could have been a conduit for somebody else to make some fantastic change. And, you know, that's just a little speck of what. Uh, a credibility marker could be in your case, you know? So in terms of support systems now to, to keep you motivated, do you have a routine or some sort of daily practices that you need to do? Well, in terms of the field at this point, one thing I have to do is I, ha- I must exercise every day. So that's one thing that gets my energy to the highest point. I exercise very early in the morning. I exercise with a group of people in my neighborhood and um, that helps center me. When I'm not exercising, I do feel a little off balance. So that's the number one thing that I do to start my day. And then I also, um, I love cooking. It's a passion of mine. And so I plan my dinner in the morning, you know, and I sort of arrange everything, either marinating or whatever I have to do to make sure my dinner's all set. And then like, okay, who my body is figured out. My uh, meal is figured out for the evening. Let's go. And so I keep in touch with a, a group of people who are um, stepping into the industry, the industry I want to step into. I am working on, you know, Instagram. I'm just getting on onto Instagram. So learning how to promote yourself that way. That's a little hard for me. It's a little hard to put myself out there, I do have to admit. So I feel like I've got to work on in that area to just learn more about it. Social media I've stayed away from because something about it felt a little braggy. Like sometimes I would see people out to dinner, like who cares if you're out to dinner? Like I don't care, but I think I have to step (laughs) into it. I think no matter what industry you're in, you, you have to understand social media and, and understand how to, to work within it. So I'm learning that. So I'm really Mm -hmm. a student at that level. And then, you know, like I said, this uh, support group that I'm in is very helpful because I can see people progressing people who've started out at my level and then see them progressing slowly. Mm -hmm. So um, that's how I conduct the rest of my day. You know, I'm, I'm doing research. I'm figuring out how to edit my podcast. I'm also putting myself out there to help other people with their podcast because I do again, have that producing background. Mm -hmm. So my days are are quite full. Um, It's only been a few weeks since I have left my job. So I'm really creating my new pattern, but fundamentally my day always starts with exercising. And that, that's what, uh, I think what I need to stay as sharp as I can be. 
Getting the energy moving through your body. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> getting outside yeah. and just feeling the air and just being in nature. That's very helpful for me, at least. Yes, I I agree 100%. I live in British Columbia and yeah, nature is all around us. There's trails oh. everywhere. So yeah, oh, nice. it's so important to just go outside and feel your feet on the ground. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Because I think we can get screened out either, either through Zoom calls or again on social media, on the phone. It's just yeah. toxic sometimes. I mean, sometimes I just need to take a break and get back in my body and relate to people human to human in person. Mm-hmm. because it, it gets too toxic, at least for me. I think it, you know, operating through a screen can be so sedentary and so stifling sometimes yeah. that sometimes I just need to take a break for a few days to get back into the real world for me. Yes, yes, totally. Um, yeah. Would you like to touch on your podcast and what it's going to be about? Sure. Um, well, my podcast is called Cooking and Convos, and I plan to launch it in February of next year or 2022. And I am going to produce it either bi-weekly or monthly. And it's basically going to be a show to try to get people into the kitchen or back into the kitchen. I find a lot of people say they don't like to cook, and but they don't understand that you don't really need a lot of ingredients or a lot of tools to make a delicious meal. Mm-hmm. It, it takes me a half hour at, at the most to make a really good, well-balanced, tasty meal. And so I want to not enlighten, but I just want to bring the beauty of having a good meal at the end of the day to an audience and try to teach them either some techniques or what they can buy at the store to help create a good meal. Because going out for fast food or just getting something out of a box, it's not good for the body. It's just not good to have all that salt, all those preservatives. There's a way to to work with fresh ingredients and it's something you can look forward to in the day. I always I always think no matter what happens in this day, each day, I know I'm going to have a delicious meal at the end of the day. And it just makes me so happy. I just I really am so happy all day because I know what's coming. Um, and I also can enjoy the day just knowing, okay, that part is taken care of. It'll take me maybe 15 minutes because I spent 15 minutes in the morning prepping it, chopping or whatever I needed to do. So it's not so painful at the end of the day. Yes. Oh, that's a great idea. Prepping in the morning. I've never done that. Or the night before, depending on what you want. (laughs) Yeah. Where did your love of cooking come from? My mom loved to cook. And something about being in a home where meals are being prepared, the smell, it's like a blanket or it was for me. And it made me feel so safe and secure and happy. It was as if like another entity was in the house with my siblings and my parents. And I just, I yearn for that every day. I really do. I I love um, the smells. I love cooking. It's a place for me where no one can get me, so to speak, if that makes sense. It's just, I'm with the food and it's just us. I'm in a flow kind of, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's just something about having a home where you're making food every day. I just, I, I love it. I love that feeling. And that's fantastic. And everyone can 
I felt what you were speaking about. So I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. So that's going to be a fantastic podcast. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. I'm just starting out in the industry. And again, I do have a lot to learn. So it might be a little rough in the beginning, but I hope to find my way and and help to sharpen the podcast as I continue to record uh, Mm -hmm. more episodes and produce more episodes. And then also just curious, really quick, what is your favorite meal to cook? Oh, there's so many different <laughs> reasons, but I do, there's one easy dish, uh, bruschetta. I love to make bruschetta where I grill the bread in a pan, like grilled cheese bread. Um, so it's that crispy, buttery um, taste. I spread cream cheese on it and then a tomato concoction with cilantro and garlic, um, a little bit of thyme and olive oil with shrimp or a piece of salmon and a salad and that just is the best with a nice glass of red wine it's it's a very good it's a good summer meal so I I like to cook that in the summer but um that that would be my my favorite kind of meal where you have vegetables and you have seafood and you have wine and then you have the wonderful bread I love bread too bread I always feel enhances a meal I know it's not as maybe the healthiest but um it always adds to the meal yes I love bread as well. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to say no to it, but I really do love that, that combination. It's just, um, it's very pretty to see and look at, and it's just so delicious. Mm -hmm. Love it, Susie. Love it so much. Thank you, Daisy. Thank you. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience? Um, no, just if um, you you're looking for a podcast to listen to after you know the middle of February, please check out Cooking and Convos. And if you're ever in the market for a children's book, uh, I wrote a book, My Friend the Light, about my son um, loving night lights in his room. It really helped helped him go to sleep. So if you're interested, it's on Amazon. And I look forward to hearing from whoever would like to um, send feedback on my show. Fantastic. And if we wanted to get in touch with you, if the audience wants to get in touch with you, where can they find you? Well, they can go directly to my website at smilesmediaworks.com. That's S-M-I-L-E-S, mediaworks.com. And if they want to send me an email, there's um, a link there. They also can find me on Instagram at miles 88 and they can DM me directly through um, Instagram as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here with me again today. Oh, thank you, Daisy. It was a pleasure. Really appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you so, so much. A lot of... You guys, what? Susie's book is turning into a book series. Her podcast starts in February, which is basically now. She is such a light, like I said earlier. I hope Susie's story inspires you to start taking the small steps that will eventually lead to the big one. And if you have an idea in your heart from 20 years ago, don't give up just yet. Start small. Don't overwhelm yourself. But start nonetheless. Thank you again for tuning in this week. If you like this episode, you can find Susie's information in the show notes, links to her website, Instagram, and also if you need a children's book, how to buy it. As well, you can find my information if you want to give me a shout. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, all that jazz. 
and let's connect on Instagram. My handle is creativeinspo underscore daisy. Till next week, where we will be back with another solo episode. Dream it and do it. I'm cheering you on. This podcast is sponsored by all the dreamers and all the doers. Yeah, that's right. You guys are all making me do this sh- Yay!